This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 162. So for this week's episode, I wanted to talk about a subject that I'm sure many of you have run into at one time or another. And if you haven't, it's something that you might run into at some point in your photography career. And that is how to deal with stubborn or mean subjects during event or street photography. Now, I had a photography student last week who sent me an email about an issue they ran into with people not wanting to be photographed at a local event they were shooting for one of their photography classes. Now, this student had really had some cranky people that they ran into during this public event, and they asked how to best deal with situations like this. And I thought about this for a little bit. And then I remembered what one of my professors, Ruben Naha, had said when a classmate of mine had the same issue when I was back when I was in school working on finishing up my bachelor's degree. And when this classmate of mine ran into a similar situation, uh, Professor Naha's response was, kill them with kindness. Now, in photography, there are just certain things that we have to learn to deal with and overcome. And one of the toughest is cranky subjects when we're trying to complete a shoot. Human nature is a sometimes funny thing. And one of the oddest quirks that people have is not wanting to be photographed. Some of the Native American tribes, as well as other more, quote, primitive groups of people, felt that the camera would steal their souls. And they would not be able to get into their version of heaven if their photograph was taken. Now, the best way to deal with people that yell at you that, that you cannot take their picture when you are out at a public event is to just apologize and not take their photo. Many times you can change their mind by explaining that you're a professional just doing your job, or if you're a student, explain that you're a student doing an assignment for one of your classes. Now, often, if you carry yourself as a professional with an air of confidence, you may just convince them to let you complete your assignment with their photos included. If being the confident professional doesn't work, you can just apologize and move on. You need to learn to develop a, quote, thick skin as a photographer, as we are not a profession that is truly loved by all. Often, a few kind words and an apology and just move on is the best way to deal with difficult or cranky people. I have found from my own personal experience that having some sort of professional credentials helps a bit. Now, I'm not saying that you have to run out and join a group like the NPPA, which is National Press Photographers Association, but I did and I upgraded from their student to their professional membership. Why? Because I not only get a free freelance photojournalist listing in their directory for potential clients to find and hire me, 
but I'm also able to get a photo ID from NPPA with my professional membership. That to me is pretty sweet. Now the IDs are not free as they are produced by a third party company for NPPA, but I still feel it's worth it as it shows you're a professional and most people know that NPPA has to do with news and news outlets. And I wear my photo ID on a lanyard when I'm out shooting for my personal project. It also helps keep the cops away when I'm shooting in posted areas or just in general. Is it a foolproof method, to, uh, a foolproof get out of jail free card? No. <laughs> no, it's not. But sometimes a professional credential of some sort is all you need to convince them that you are someone that knows what you're doing and that you're not there to hurt anyone with your camera. You would be surprised how many times I have had people spot my NPPA ID around my neck and they ask me, which newspaper are you shooting for? And I just tell them I'm a freelance photojournalist and that was usually sufficient. Some pros will actually make up the name of a phony newspaper and even go as far as having business cards made up with the name of that phony newspaper on them. I have not decided to go that far yet, but again, your mileage may vary. I did shoot a local event for one of my editorial photography classes at a place called Corn Dogs, and there was a lady there given free hay wagon rides with her tractor. She wasn't into the idea of her photo being taken until she found out I was doing it for a class assignment. She just didn't want to end up in the local paper when, and, uh, when she didn't look her best, as she said. Once I explained to her that it was for a school class assignment, then she said, oh, well, then shoot away. And she was very sweet and pleasant, you know, from that point on. Now, this post is some of the, or this our episode is some of the best straightforward advice I can give you on the subject. The key is to not be discouraged. Work on that thick skin and continue getting out there and making fantastic images. Now, I expanded the subject of this. Uh, originally, I had written it up as how to deal with stubborn or mean subjects during event photography. But then, as I was getting ready for this episode, I remembered an incident that happened to me a few years back. And I wanted to share it with my listeners. And that's why I added in or street photography. Because you can run into the same thing doing street photography. You'll get cranky people that don't want you taking their pictures as they're going about their day, you know, on public streets. And all kinds of various strange things can happen when you're doing street photography. A number of years back, I was working for a web hosting company in downtown Atlanta. And my office building was only a couple of blocks from CNN Center. And I'm not going to give the name of the company. Um, that's not something that needs to be shared. It's not really relevant to this story. But... At the time, I lived in Loganville, Georgia, which is in, over in Gwinnett County. So I was on the east side of Atlanta, and it was about a 35-mile drive to work each day, one way. Uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you know anything about Atlanta traffic, it might as well have been 300 miles. <laughs> because the commute could take a couple of hours easily, if not more. And so... it. Over time, I just got tired of dealing with the traffic and all of that garbage. And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to start riding the Gwinnett County Transit bus into 
Atlanta to work. Now, this was fine, and I could ride it to work and from work every day, no problem. I could meet it just a few miles from my home. I could park my car there, have a family member drop me off, and I could take the bus into the city, put in my work day, leave, go back up to the bus stop, catch the bus back home, get my car, have somebody pick me up, and, you know, at the bus stop. And a few minutes after I got to the bus stop, I'd be home, which was pretty sweet. Plus, you know, if I was really tired after a long, grueling day at work, I could take a cat nap on the hour, hour and a half bus ride home. And the same in the morning if I was tired. So I figured what the heck. And when I first started doing this, it wasn't so bad because the bus uh, was usually only at about half capacity. And then it seemed like as time went on, after about six months or so, everybody got to the, into the same idea. And next thing you know, the buses were packed every morning and afternoon. It was elbow to elbow and a lot of times standing room only, which was just crazy. Uh, but I guess I couldn't blame the rest of the commuters for not wanting to drive either. Because like I said, the traffic was horrendous. Anyways, so when I took the bus into downtown Atlanta, the bus stop, the final destination bus stop where they dropped us off was at the Martin Luther King Jr. Federal Building, Federal Courthouse, uh, which was actually probably 12, 15 blocks from where I worked, which was fine. I don't, you know, I didn't mind the walk. I liked the exercise. And so I got the idea since I was going to be doing this every day to start carrying my DSLR with me every day when I went to work because I love doing street photography. And I thought, well, this is the perfect opportunity. You know, every day on my way to work from the bus stop to the office, I'm walking 12, 15 blocks and the same on the way home in the afternoon to catch the bus to go back home. Plus, when I'm going back home in the afternoon, depending on what time I got out of the office, I might catch the, you know, 5 o'clock bus. I might have to catch the 5.30 bus, just depended. You know, so I might have some extra time to kill, you know, waiting outside the federal courthouse at the bus stop for my bus back home. So I figured, what the heck, I'll start carrying my DSLR every day and I'll do street photography. And I did this for quite a few years and absolutely loved it, had a great time. And so one day I'm walking back up to the bus stop and as I'm going up the main street, uh, well, I, I don't wanna say main street, I think it was called, I wanna say it was called Clayton Street, but I could be wrong. Um, from Marietta Street, which is the street my office building was on. It was one of the main drags down through downtown Atlanta. Um, as I was walking up the, the street that led from Marietta Street up to the courthouse, I would also pass another federal building. It was called the Sam, it's called the Sam Nunn Federal Building. And so one day as I was walking up through there, I was carrying my DSLR and I was shooting street photography. And it was really, this, this situation was a little bit weird because I was doing my normal street photography, which I'd been doing for like three years at this point. Every day, Monday through Friday, for three years I was doing this, walking the same route and just shooting whatever caught my eye. We, you know, people as they were going about their lives, you know, shooting interesting looking cars and stuff like that, you know, uh, street city workers, street workers, uh, meter maids, whatever the case may be. So this one day, as I'm walking up to the bus stop, I'm shooting some people across the street from me. Now, I'm on the side of the street walking past the Sam Nunn Federal Building, and I'm shooting across the street away from the Sam Nunn Building. Well, apparently some lady that worked in the building, older woman from what I was later told, 
saw me with my camera and freaked out, thinking I was photographing the federal building, which, number one, is not a crime. Um, and she called and reported me. So I get to the bus stop, and I'm standing there just minding my own business, waiting for the Gwinnett County Transit bus to get there. And next thing I know, two, three black SUVs come rolling up on me with government tags. And it was Department of Homeland Security. And uh, they got out, and they approached me, and they started asking me questions, and yada, 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 this and that. And... Um, they said, were you taking pictures of the Sam Nunn Federal Building down the street? And I said, no. And they're like, well, it's okay if you were. It's not illegal to photograph a federal building. And I said, well, tell the security guards that work here at the Martin Luther King Jr. Building because they seem to think it's a federal felony to photograph a federal building because they're always yelling at me if they think I point my camera anywhere near the building that they're standing in front of. Um, and they're like, no, 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 it's completely legal to photograph a federal building as long as it's not a classified insta uh, installation, you know, like a military base or something like that. And I said, well, no, I wasn't photographing the Sam Nunn building. And I pulled up, you know, I pulled up my images on my memory card on the rear LCD and I showed him the images. I said, I'm just doing regular street photography. I said, I'm a photography student and I work at, uh, this building uh, at Centennial Towers. And um, I love to do street photography as I'm walking back and forth to the bus stop every day, you know, just for something to do. It's something that I like doing. And I sometimes use the images for some of my classroom assignments. And they were like, yeah, it's totally cool. No problem. Uh, we just, you know, we got a report from one of the employees at the Sam Nunn Federal, federal Building. She thought you were taking pictures of the federal buildings, you know, when people are really nervous after 9-11 and, you know, the thwarted uh, terrorism plots in downtown Atlanta where uh, I guess some terrorism suspects were going around like a year or two before my incident. And they were photographing federal buildings to plan attacks, I guess. Um so he was, you know, one of the one of the agents was telling me, you know, so people are a little bit jumpy about that. And, uh, you know, he was like, but you didn't do anything wrong. You're totally cool. We just had to follow up because it was reported by a federal employee. So we especially got to follow up, you know, in that instance. And uh, he handed me one of his business cards and they all piled back into their SUVs and left. And then the next day uh, when I'm at work, I get a call from an FBI agent. And he explains that he's also following up uh, in regards to the incident from the day before where I ended up talking to Homeland Security. And uh, he wanted to know if he could come by my office and, and meet with me, you know, chat with me for a little bit. And I said, sure, you know, come on by during my lunch hour. We can go into one of the empty conference rooms and talk. And so he came by that day and um, we went into one of the small conference rooms off one of the hallways and we get in there and he closes the door and I'm already sitting down and he's like, no, I don't want you to be nervous. I said, I'm not nervous. You don't have anything on me. I didn't break any laws. And uh, he said, well, that's absolutely true. And he said, and, you know, standard procedure. We did a full background check on you. We see your ex-military, you know, desert storm, all of that good stuff. You're a veteran. But the one thing that shocked me is he said, you're the only person in all the years I've been with the FBI. And this was an older gentleman. He was in his probably late 50s, early 60s. He said, in all the years I've been at the FBI, you're the only person that I pulled a criminal background check on that's never had so much as a parking ticket in your entire life. And I said, well, that's 
because I have better things to do than get in trouble. <laughs> you know, I said I was a state constable in Pennsylvania years ago. I was in the military. I was an Eagle Scout, you know, always active in my church when I was growing up and when I was younger, and I still am to this day to some extent. Uh, you know, I just got better things to do with my time than get into trouble. So, but, you know, just as, as part of this overall episode, I wanted to share that story with you because it's not just necessarily at event photography that you can run into mean or stubborn or cranky people. It can happen when you're doing street photography. And I thought this was a good example to share with my listeners, you know, with what I had happen to me, all because this woman was a nosy busybody and she was all paranoid and thought just because somebody had a camera in their hands, they were getting ready to plan a terrorist attack uh, when nothing could be farther from the truth. And it was just silly because, uh, and I, I don't know where she was at in the building when she saw me. Maybe she was a few floors up and saw me out the window or something. But you would have thought she would have noticed the the NPPA badge around my neck on the lanyard, you know, a photo ID from an official news agency. And she would have known better because most people in the federal government are familiar with NPPA. They deal with the people from NPPA all the time and photographers that work for them all the time. It's a fairly common thing. So you would have thought she would have known better if I had an official NPPA badge. Chances are I'm not a terrorist <laughs> uh, because you can't, uh, just get one of those badges anywhere you have to be a member in good standing of the NPPA. You can't have any ethics strikes against you or anything like that to even get one of their ID cards. Um, and like I said, even if you have one of their ID cards, it's no guarantee you're not going to get grief from law enforcement or somebody else in government or something like that, but it can help. And that's why I wanted to share that with you. So again, uh, don't be discouraged. Work on toughening your, you know, giving your, growing a thick skin and just get out there and continue making images. Don't let these kind of people discourage you. Again, as Professor Naha said, kill them with kindness. Apologize. If they get really irate and belligerent, just get out of the situation as quickly as you can. Um, you know, apologize and just get out of there. You know, if they demand to see your photos, that's up to you whether you want to show them the photos you've taken, especially if you haven't taken any of them. Um, and I, I've run into that incident before. I was shooting one time for a project in a park and a lady was jogging first thing in the morning and she just assumed I was taking pictures of her and got all on my face and stuff. And I'm like, lady, I'm here shooting landscapes. I have no interest in taking pictures of any people this morning. Um, and she got really snotty and belligerent with me. And I said, look, I, you know, I tried to kill her with kindness. That didn't work. So I said, look, get over yourself. You're not that fantastic. And I just walked away <laughs> and she was flabbergasted. Um, but you know, some people are just that way. Some people are hotheads and, um, she just thought for sure that because she was out there jogging in her outfit, you know, first thing in the morning, she was really, she thought she was really sexy or something. And I had to be taking pictures of her <laughs> and I was doing no such thing. I was out there shooting sunrise landscapes because it was real early in the morning and uh, she got cranky with me and I tried to defuse the situation. She didn't want none, none of that. And she tried to grab my camera out of my hand and everything else. And I finally said, lady, get over yourself. You're not that fantastic. You're, you're not that great looking. And I just walked away. <laughs> 
but be careful for goodness sakes, you know, try not to get yourself beat up or attacked or anything like that. Um, but do work on, you know, toughening yourself up. Don't, don't absolutely don't be discouraged and continue making those images, continue doing what you like to do. If you like to shoot event photography, then by all means, I highly encourage you to keep doing it. Uh, if you like to do street photography, I definitely recommend that you keep doing that. Don't let anybody discourage you from doing that. I absolutely love street photography. I've talked about it on a few previous episodes. I've even done an episode on street photography. And um, so I would definitely encourage you to just keep on doing your thing. But try to be as safe as possible. Kill them with kindness if you can. If not, just try to safely walk away. And that is going to wrap up this week's episode. Remember to check out the Land Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Stitcher or anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also, remind you to stop by on YouTube, check out the Land Photography YouTube channel. I did just release a new video yesterday, an unboxing and review of the Winner uh, rechargeable LC or LED light for photography and videography. And it's a great little gadget and it's fairly inexpensive. So I highly recommend you stop by the channel, check that video out, subscribe to the channel, like the video, share it out to you, your friends and family on social media and elsewhere, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. You can do the same for the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Pennsylvania. Both those projects do have their own YouTube channels as well. All right, this is going to be a wrap of episode 162, and I will see you all again on Sunday for the latest news and rumors.